You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for joining me today on This Just In Radio. I had an amazing time this year at the HIMSS Annual Conference as we aired This Just In Radio live from the show floor, our fourth year in a row, and thankfully, they always get better. Thank you very much to all of my amazing guests that came by to share their time and thought leadership. Many thanks to the show sponsor, Lenovo Health, and certainly many thanks to Roberta Mowens and the Healthcare Now Radio team for producing this show. We've compiled all of the guest interviews to share with you in this broadcast, but look for many more in the coming weeks. You'll also find these interviews on our archive channels. Just check in at thisjustinradio.com. We hope you enjoy these HIMSS 18 recordings as they are all in their true environment with 40,000 healthcare and health IT leaders all around us. As this year, we placed our studio right in the middle of all the action. And you'll be able to hear the energy and hopefully feel it as well. Enjoy. So my next guest, Lee Williams, Administrator of Business Systems, Health Information Technology, University of Virginia Health. You have the second longest title, Neil Gomes, the longest title of my guest today, but you have the second longest title, so thank That's you very much. all right. Much. I'm trying to catch up with Neil on a lot of things. All <laughs> yeah, there you title. go. But I also, um, I always call you Lee Thomas. Uh, for full disclosure, we, uh, we've known each other for a very long time. We went to high school together. Um, we saw each other last year at HIMSS when you joined me on the radio show. Um, it's just it's great to reconnect, collaborate with you. You're a phenomenal collaborator inside our think tank. We had our third think tank this morning. Um, so thank you very much for the leadership that you brought there. You've been a catalyst in that think tank. Um, actually, each time you've uh, you've be a catalyst because uh, they're all thought leaders. We bring in the other fifty thought leaders in our think tank. But um, but uh, so we don't want to say we have any speakers because again, typically everybody would be speakers. But you're a great catalyst for conversation. You always had a great dynamic. Your your experience in the in the revenue cycle side and the value based care side is not parallel. So thank you very much you. for joining. Um, so we've got a little bit of time here, so extra time. So real quickly, though, um, we'll dive in, but what healthcare or health IT trends are you seeing in the industry from your perspective? So what's been interesting to me this year is seeing how much use we're making out of all of the data that we've been gathering. So I've been coming to HIMSS for close on a decade, and I would say that this experience for me this week has been much more about operationalizing a lot of the cool ideas that we've had. So uh, you would certainly share this. EHRs 10 years ago was more about implementation, getting them stood up, actually sure. having them work. Sure. Uh, now, they're fairly ubiquitous, yeah. and it's no longer about starting something, but then really capitalizing on the investment that you have. Um, so I, I've been amazed with some of the machine learning and the artificial intelligence that is going on, not just in the groups that specialize that within that, but how a lot of the applications, the devices, are starting to make use of that as well. And we spent many years working out how to collect data. I went to lots of sessions previously that were about clean versus dirty data and how are we going to get there to where we can make use of it and how do we share data across organizations. We're beginning to be in a more uh, mature place where the data is available and now it's about how do we make use of it and how do we operationalize it so it has impact. Just having the data doesn't make a big difference, but if you can do something with it where you're changing how your behaviors are in your organization, what your strategy is, being data-centric, I think that that one is a very important trend that we're seeing this year, and different to me than last few years. Yeah, so picking up on that, because we had a great, you know, testimony this morning in the think tank from Dr. 
Pamela Peel from UPMC uh, on their payer side. She's an economist, but she's been a great collaborator for the last two uh, think tanks. And she shared out where they're using data. She said data, data, data. Uh, and they're using data to basically topography of data to map chronic conditions throughout Western Pennsylvania. And looking to see where she has pockets um, of COPD, diabetes, CHF, you name it, um, she's mapping it. And then she's actually have a proactive strategy where they're going into the community, setting up um, epicenters of care, uh, again, to go attack these, not wait for the cost to come through the door, wait for these sick patients to come through the door, but going out to the community, attacking it, going into their homes and really managing it right at the right out of the field. And, uh, and that's what we're going to see. We're going to see more of that coming up. But again, she stood up and she said, I'm going to mention the D word, <laughs> data. And so we're all like, oh, it's 7.15 in the morning and you're going to mention the D word. What word are you mentioning here? And uh, she said, data, data, data. So um, it was uh, very cool. So I think just to throw on some points there yeah. that you brought up. So what else do you uh, see out there for innovations? So one of the other topics that is really core to what I've been looking at is the shift from what I would call a transactional revenue cycle or a patient billing experience to a patient-centric business operations and how even the language around what we talk about for business ops within healthcare is becoming patient-centric. So we had a a full-day revenue cycle solution summit on Monday, and one of the things that struck me as really where we are today that is different than before was the way that we talked about our work and our business And I don't think I heard the word guarantor or uh, insured or the claimant. I don't think we said those words at all that day. We talked about the patient. We talked about the families. We talked about helping your mom when there's a cancer diagnosis and you've got to understand the bills. And it was just a very different way of embracing a patient-centric culture, even in the non-clinical operation for a healthcare system. So that shift to really thinking about, and I I think that ties back to to technology because it's about the user experience and making sure that we are bringing tools to be able to to talk about, okay, you want patient-centric, what does that mean? It means a statement that you can understand. It means knowing up front what your costs might be. And it means having the tools to schedule appointments, understand which physicians you're able to see, how to navigate the treatment options that you have. And it's just a very different trend in, in billing revenue cycle and in all financial operations within a healthcare system than I think we had years ago where it was very transactional about making sure the focus was on a clean claim, right? So maybe that ties back to the data point that years ago we were worried about getting clean data on the, on the claim. And now we're thinking about how do we use it to better help people understand what their responsibility is and to make there be less anxiety involved with the financial experience of a healthcare journey. That's excellent. So we've been, your thoughts on consumerism, because obviously this is kind of, this is all flying together. So really quick couples, you know, quick moments on your thoughts on consumerism. Sure. Even your community. Yeah. Yeah. And what we're doing, so part of it is recognizing that people have a way with interacting with all of the businesses that they're working with. And we use our smartphones for everything. And so one of the focuses that we've had at UVA is developing the Epic MyChart functionality that we brought up last year, the ability to review your bill and pay it using your app. So making it something, that's how you do your electric bill or buy your groceries, uh, bringing those type of tools that are very natural to people to use, that we make it also happen in healthcare. That's fantastic. So what other innovations? Anything else that you want to share? 
So my last one was about connective health. And Dr. Yeah. Waller was talking this morning about that. And I think that his point was that virtual care and connective health has to be part of our strategy and the way that we are, it's in the fabric of everything that we do in healthcare delivery and making it not something that you also do. So I think years ago it was right. about maybe we're standing up a telemedicine program. Now it is, how do we think about delivering care across time and space using a lot of technology that's available in a way that better keeps people healthy, helps reduce some physician burden and stress, is uh, really good with capturing data and making a record of it. That new way of thinking about the technology becoming part of your strategy and the way you deliver care instead of saying, I have a tool that I do this with and that's a service line that I have. That it does. That's excellent. Yeah, and I will say, because you brought up Dr. Waller, so again, that was from our think tank, and I do want to let everybody know that we will be sharing over the next couple of weeks with about 60 best practices, uh, 20 from value-based care, uh, 20 from connected health, and 20 or so from virtual care. We'll be sharing that out with everybody. We're sharing it. Hims will be doing a, a couple pieces on it, but then also health data management. So I want to give them a shout out. They've done a great job. They saw all these best practices and they're publishing them over the next, uh, Diana Manos and, and that, the team there of health, HDM, health data management. I'll be publishing all that out there. So a lot of what Sylvan talked about this morning, a lot of the best practices you came up with. So looking at, um, at, that's at a high level, looking at some of the, uh, the innovations out there, well, what are some of the strategies now on the implementation side that you see that you'd be implementing um, at the University of Virginia Health? So I think that's an interesting question. I'll get to some tasks that we're yeah. doing. But one thing that I've been hearing a lot this week, and I think is, is integral to how I do the work, uh, our teams do the work at UVA, is really figuring out how to make use and get value out of the things that you're putting in place. So rather than trying to do 17 new things, do the three things that you invested in already really well. And we talk about 80% people in process, 20% technology, and 100% culture, right? So I think that overall, regardless of what you're talking about, implementing uh, patient statements through an app, or if you have uh, our telemedicine program in Virginia is amazing, and they are doing just sort of new stroke um, connectivity with remote areas and finding ways to deliver care differently, but then really focusing, once you make a plan and say, we're going to do this, that you take the time and the resources to really make it go well, because too often we're racing on to the next thing and haven't really made doing that new work or using that new technology part of the way that you do business, and that's where the culture comes back and picks it out and says, I'm going to go back reverse to the way I was I completely agree. So in our closing couple minutes, what would you recommend um, specific best practices then that, you got, that you've noticed or, or that you, you, you're starting to deploy? We spoke about some of them in the think tank, but what else would you share with my audience? So are you talking about ways for people to get involved? Or? I'm care, maybe. What are some okay. specific maybe uh, value, some uh, best practice that you, because you guys talked about the balance, well, one that you shared is, is the balance of engaging value-based care models, knowing you're still working in fee-for-service, but also you've got to put your toe in, you've got to right. take it seriously, but it's, the, it's really the uh, that fisherman story about being so, you know, i got a couple minutes, so go ahead and tell, tell us, us yeah, at a real so high level. I'll have to give uh, yeah. credit to Joe Pfeiffer again, because it's his story. So the, the president of HFMA tells a story about the journey from, from fee-for-service to value-based care. 
being light when you go fishing. And if you've ever gone fishing, one of the best times for that is when a storm is coming. Because the fish, when the, when the pressure's dropping, it starts to get cloudy. If you're out on the lake then, or even ocean, the fish will be fighting more heavily. And that's really what we're living in right now, is we're still in a fee-for-service environment. The base of revenue is coming from having inpatient and outpatient volumes. You want to make sure you've got market share, you're turning people through your facility. And at the same time, we talk a ton about value-based care and how do we migrate from the fee-for-service to value-based care. And that really is, when do you know when to pull up yeah. and stop fishing and say, okay, it's going to be the storm is here and it's no longer safe to just keep pulling them out this way. I've got to get into shore and do my business a different way. Um, so some of those things are just figure out for your organization. Yes. We talked about having data. Look at what the scores are that are important to your business. So a physician orthopedic practice will have different metrics that are important than an acute care teaching hospital. What matters for your organization and your business? And then pick a few to work on and decide maybe what are those ones that are the worst outcomes that you're getting according to the metrics and the scores. And where do you want to start putting in some resources? It could take years to actually turn around a program to say, we're going to get 30-day readmissions down to 4% right, yes. or something. That could be a multi-year strategy. And it might be the right time to think about, is there enough tank in the motor to get us back to shore? And when do I pull up the fish? Bait? You know, When do I stop? So that you start making that transaction and you're not caught flat-footed in the rain when the switch actually happens. Excellent analogies. I love that. Uh, and, you know, and actually, you bring up a good point because this is what uh, UPMC and partners both this morning in the think tank brought up is they're, for the most part, they're still in fee for service, but they're operating like the value-based yeah. care and they're doing the right thing. And, and so they are, when this, you know, when it does hit, they're going to be ready because, again, they're operating um, in a kind of a balanced way but leading towards value-based care. Yeah, and where is that aligned with your organization that, you know, we are an organization that does well with Right. Which thing, and then exactly. work on that, not because some program said that's the incentive program, but because it's intrinsic to your business. Get really good at it and find those priorities for your organization. Fantastic. And, uh, Lee Williams, thank you very much for joining me on stage today. You're wonderful. You're always a great guest. Yeah, thank you, Justin. Great, great to be here. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, my next guest, guest is Jake Dorst, Chief Information and Innovation Officer, um, Tahoe. Forest Hospital District, you have one of the longer titles uh, of the show. But you and I worked together, uh, collaborated yesterday on, on a great panel on patient identities. Hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that. We also have a panel later on today that we'll do uh, on a similar type strategy. But from your perspective at Tahoe Forest, what are you seeing as some of um, the, the top innovations of leading innovations out in healthcare and health IT today? Uh, well, just just being your perspective. Well, so I had some prepared answers, but then I came through yeah. to know that. I was like, wow, there's so much new stuff. But... I think that you, the positive patient identification is a big piece that I think people are starting to understand that that's a real problem. Um, and as we move towards uh, as we move towards interoperability, I think it's going to be a much uh, more important factor in getting our data right. Um, you know, also there's you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain still out there. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about the Amazon, uh, J.P. Morgan, Virtual Hathaway yeah. partnership. And I think that really illustrates uh, a frustration that's out there in, in the country and, and large employers are seeing that their employees really aren't getting the best value out of the dollar. So I, I, I hope that that's going to help increase and accelerate innovation, that we've seen, especially with companies like Amazon. I was watching um, 
was watching a documentary, I forget what it was, but it was on Walmart, you know, it was talking about their supply chain. Yep. And they could get down to, they know on a shelf in Beijing, China, how many bags of potato chips are and we've all heard the stories, you know, a patient coming out of the ICU going to med surge and we lose them for three hours because somebody put the transfer request. Right. Here's a, and it just hit me. It's like, here's a private industry that's, you know, driven by that value. And, here we are, and it's okay. You know, it's, it's not okay, but accept it. And I think that's a, that's a big difference. I think if you start to look at um, Amazon, if you look at the national standard, I think that uh, ranges from 8 to 12% of patients that do get medical life. If you think about Amazon, if they're... Eight to twelve percent sending the wrong thing to the route the wrong house, the right thing to the wrong house. Yeah. They want to be in business very long. So that's okay. very true. I think it, they could be the I think that's the act. This has been all tried before. Big companies gotten together before and trying to do this, but it was such a quagmire. But I think the X factor now that I hope to see really catch on is that companies like Amazon know how to work with data. They know they understand how to utilize it in ways to help uh, streamline their business and, and help their customers. So I'm hoping that that partnership will help accelerate what, what we see in market. And maybe it's a it's a good. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to be a good partnership. Yeah, I believe it is. I think that I was asked the same question. I think we both we joke about this. You mentioned it this morning, the think tank that you know every day someone's asking me about this relationship, this partnership, and I'm in the same boat. And I think that I, I see. I see it pushing the industry to innovate faster because um, they're going to innovate and they're going to figure it out. And, you know, they have the resources, they have the intellect uh, and they have the will. And I, and I believe they're going to put, no matter what they create, they're going to create ripples around them that's positive for this industry. Uh, so I can both And I think there's a, there's a synergy there just in the think tank this morning, which was, which was great and very informative. Genevieve was talking about, you know, she blame it on my age, but, you know, got to crawl before you walk and you walk before you run. Yeah. You say, we've been crawling for 30 years. I'm tired of crawling. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so, right on. so I think if, if you see these kind of partnerships coming from Amazon and you see these partnerships coming from, you know, cooperation with, with the, the new breed that's getting into the, to the uh, government, it's, I think it, it could make a big change. But I, again, a big part of that is solving this problem of uh, positive patient identification. Yep. Without that, it's, it's, it's not, it won't be as effective so at least our, our last point here in our last couple of minutes. So tell us about um, some of the best practices um, from your thought leadership and what you guys are implementing sure. there at uh, Top of Course. So we, we're working with Lenovo and LifePet ID, and we we started with their uh, smartphone products. We, we created a population wellness app in-house. Uh, well, in-house, it's a local developer. I'm yeah. blessed in, in, in the Tahoe Truckee region where we have a lot of Silicon developer, uh, Silicon yeah. Valley developers that have retired. Beautiful early. area too. Yeah. yeah, but and they have they have a lot of life and work yes. left in them, so yes. they're looking for other things to do. Um, so we've partnered with a, with a local company that helped us really ingest our claims data. We're self-insured, so we wanted to really work towards making our own employees healthier and risk stratify them. And in that process, we also wanted to make sure we were identifying them correctly, and that's why we partnered with LifeMed ID. Um, and we we branded a smart farm with our Blue Life program, so our wellness program that we have. Um, it was a good branding exercise to get out to the community. Uh, we've recently switched our EHR to uh, we're working with Mercy Technology Services out of St. Louis. Yep. We're 120 days into our go live. Uh, and you're here. That's and amazing. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a rough track. No matter what you try well, to so. Mercy was a really good partner and, and helped us accelerate that acceptance and working on a. a, a well-vetted system. So we're going to double down, hopefully, when we're working with LifeMed ID, and we're going to start working with biometric, um, positive patient identification, uh, 
BYOD, BYOID, where right. you can bring your own ID and, and make people feel comfortable with it. Things you carry in your wallet or your purse every day, and we want to be able to, to incorporate that to our system. It really comes down to patient safety. And I, I was speaking at our, you know, the, the lunch learn yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it happened in Kenya, but there was a case recently that um, two people came into the hospital. They both had neurological conditions. One had a clot. Uh, they ended up operating on the wrong guy, brain surgery for two hours. Couldn't find the clot. Amazing. Figured out like this is the wrong yeah. guy. Right. The new the press release though said the patient's recovering nicely. So I think I think those are the things that we're doing at Power Force. We're trying to trying to really work towards population wellness, do the right thing by our patient, keep them protected and safe and, and cut down on Medicare fraud and just fraud in general. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And you're you're on you're spot on because even in the think tank this morning in where TEFCO went with a positive patient ID, I mean, you're on the right track. You're tackling things long before, and that's why you're the think tank and you're a leader and you're doing well, is because you're tackling things before the rest of this country really is, and we're gonna tackle it as a country. I think we have to. We have to, yep, well. Jake Doris, thank you very much for joining me on air, my friend. Yes, thank you. Am I gonna say this right? Jethwani? Jethwani. Jethwani. Kamala Jethwani, Senior Director for Connected Health Innovation Partners Healthcare. Thank you very much, my friend, for joining us on air. Uh, and thank you for joining the Think Tank this morning. You're a great addition. And uh, the, the um, camaraderie that you uh, partners and UPMC had uh, in the room was excellent. And uh, it's great to see leaders support each other and, and just kind of living and, and, you know, getting excited about what each other's doing. We like all we like each other in private. Yes, yes. Excellent. The public face. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. That's great. So what are some of the um, healthcare and health IT trends that you're seeing in the industry from your perspective, partners and what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I've, I've been in the digital health space for the last 10 years now. And so, you know, it's a little bit before some of the other people came in. And the two trends that are surprising me are, are you know, I'm pleasantly surprised by in the recent past have been consumerism, that's number one. So are consumers actually coming to us and saying, why can I get a restaurant table much more easily than I can get an appointment in the hospital? Right. And, and where's my open table for the for, for MGH? Um, and, and, and along with that, all the other things, right? So where's the access? Where's the convenience? Why why do I have to wait 38 minutes in the waiting room and then see someone for 10 minutes and then still not get my medication on time? Uh, and the other trend that I'm seeing is, which is really interesting, is uh, data and sort of the the movement around making sense out of the data. So you heard that this morning, the think tank, Dr. Peel from UPMC, that data, data, data. Right. Yeah, you're right. But it's really interesting because it, it, it's not just data collection, which is what we spend the last 15 years on, right? So like, you know, God bless yep. the fact that we have EMRs now in 90, 95% of the uh, settings, but we now have all this data. And now the question is, what do we do with it, right? right? Like what Google and Amazon do with their data, we, we do not even close to 1% of it. Right. So what I'm seeing is sort of, how can we use data in meaningful ways to actually create insights and actually drive our businesses versus the other way around? Oh, that's fantastic. So how are you guys addressing specifically partners and, and, and um, some of the strategies that you work on? How are you guys addressing it? Or would you recommend people address it? Yeah, so let me start with the data trend. So on the data side, it's actually much simpler, right? We have the data. The question is, do we have the ability to create insights out of it? Uh, one of the things that we do really well at partners is create collaborations. So, for example, I don't have the analytic capabilities in our hospital that uh, some of the large, large technology firms have. So how can we come together to create some sense out of this data and, and make this valuable for multiple partners? And so I think one way to watch this trend is to open up our walls and, th and our thinking about more horizontal integration with capabilities. The second thing I'll say is interoperability. So a lot of the, the, the one of the problems that we're also seeing with the data is 
there's so much data, but there's also so much noise. Sure. And there's so it's so difficult to bring all these data points together. So devices or technologies that actually are able to bring these together and work with other devices and not create more barriers are better for us. And we're actually going to be more open to those and adopting those. Um, a great example is a company that I actually saw here and I'm working with uh, called Vital, with five different vital signs, um, all normalized in one. It's great. And, and, and those are more of the kinds of things that we want to see. Um, so that's how to address the data side. On the consumerism side, uh, we just have to all get together and simplify, right? So simplify, simplify, indeed, what we don't need um, in, in a way to make this more patient-centric versus provider-centric. That's fantastic. So on that side of the house, what are some of the best practices that you might recommend for people to look into, whether they're a large health system or even to engage consumerism? What would you some of the best practices that you would think that you share? So one of the things that we're doing, and I don't have solutions, I have methods, right? Okay, uh, so the method is, well, one of the things that we, one of the principles we've adopted now at Partners is, is co-design creation with our patients. Co-design, so, co-creation. Yeah, but with, with our stakeholders, uh, with, with, with industry, but also with our, uh, own, our own end users. So for example, when we create a new technology or a new process, we have patients in there, nurses in there, physicians in there. Um, you know, technology firms in there, and all of us together addressing a problem. And we're seeing we're seeing a lot of good traction and good, interesting programs coming out of that. The other thing I'll say is that um, I think there's a lot of different business models possible when you start to go direct to consumer without having to worry about all the ten different stakeholders involved in that. And and uh, I would encourage provider groups to think a little bit more creatively about how do we make something more convenient for people, and as a result, make that business viable. Exactly. Yeah, that's excellent. On the consumer side, you brought up uh, Vital. They also have a cool. Um, what else are they doing from the innovation standpoint? I think they're doing some glu- they're doing some glucose monitoring yep. as well with that's a fingerprint. Yep. That's kind of cool. So very very cool. And um, no, I think you're you're spot on on the, on the consumerism side. It's one of the things in the radio show, and we have a great listener base for this. Is I think probably half of my uh, listenership are very active consumers, and even yep. I had to become an active consumer myself, choosing my new health plan. Uh, in the past year, but it's also saved me. I pay 80% less for my healthcare costs in 2018 than I did in 2017 because I became a, became a consumer. Right. And right. then I think everybody in the hear our voices, hear our voices, I uh, should begin to engage healthcare that way. And and, I think and and one other thing for both these trends on the provider side is something we struggle with, but we should get better at is to try to teach, uh, shift the mind frame and the culture of our providers to be able to adapt to this, right? So like we're not used to treating people like consumers or we're not used to looking at data. When our patients come in and say, I want to send my Fitbit data to my provider, but my provider doesn't know what to do with it. Yep. It's our job to as providers to be like, okay, let me figure out what I want to do with it because this is the right thing to do. And so those are things that I think we're going to struggle with, but I think once we are able to change the culture, we should be able to transform this space. I agree. Excellent. So in your, in your um, final minutes here, and you're part of the show also, what do you expect to hope to you know, achieve in the next day or so? What else do you want to see here? Well, I'd love to see what else is new, uh, what else we could bring for our patients uh, and our consumers back to, back to Boston. Um, I'd love to see more uh, you know, opportunities for uh, bringing multi-parties together and, and do something interesting. So I'd love to you know, create collaborations with multiple parties together so we can come, up, come together with something that, that is meaningful for our patients. Um, and then I think the last thing is just also from an education standpoint, I'm seeing a lot of sessions around AI, yeah. so just interested in learning people's yeah. perspective and seeing what other systems are doing. This morning, the think tank was amazing. Like okay. I just, I was so fascinated by the, the data visualization yeah. uh, efforts. So yeah, so things like that would be great. Cool. Well, we'll certainly keep you on the list for the uh, next think tank. And also we will be doing a panel 1240 today. And we'll talk about a little bit of augmented reality, virtual reality, AI, IoT, some of some of those good acronyms that are all out awesome. there. So thank you very much, Mom, for joining us. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you.
Thank you again for joining me for this aired recording from Hymns 18 live in Las Vegas. And please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific to always hear our latest shows. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustInRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you miss any of this episode or want to hear more, all of my radio shows are posted at ThisJustInRadio.com as well as on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Play, and TuneIn. Also, check out the new website we've launched at justinbarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.